Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and along with the Church Fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, we welcome you to this broadcast of Shi'ar Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, A Remnant Shall Return. Shi'ar Jeshub is a Bible study program featuring sermons delivered by my husband and Bible teacher, Pastor Greg Scalzo. Pastor is currently in the book of 2 Samuel as part of a larger Heavenly Authority teaching series. The current section focuses on the census of Israel and Judah by King David in chapter 24. And this passage has led to a whole examination of what the Bible says about numbering. We saw in previous programs that David was not taking the census in the way or with the motives God prescribed in Exodus and Numbers. David wants figures for Judah and Israel separately to see how many there are of his kinsmen and how many there are of the rest of Israel in order to identify his power and security. And when we went over to the sister passage in 1 Chronicles chapter 21, we read how even his commander Joab fears and resists David's decision, saying, May the Lord make his people a hundred times more than they are. But my lord the king, are they not all my lord's servants? Why then does my lord require this thing? Why should he be a cause of guilt in Israel? And in verse 7, we read how God was displeased with this thing, or literally, it was evil in the eyes of God. Now, let's rejoin Pastor Greg as he continues this fascinating discussion on the era of man's search for power and how numbering can play a central role in governmental control and manipulation. And that power and control builds up until manipulation and slavish control becomes possible over the population and numbering, counting, stamping, reckoning, labeling, registering can play a central role in such. Consider Rome in Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, and you think of Rome, the iron grip control of Rome, of the Caesars, that all the world should be registered, all the civilized world, all the world of Rome. Rome spread out, Rome took control, and then Rome counted. It took a census, it registered, it wrote down the names, it numbered the people to know what taxes could be taken, could be collected, and to control them, to know where they lived, where they went. The census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Now we know God uses it, right? God will use the evil of Rome to control all these different peoples to place Messiah where he should be born in Bethlehem. But the horror of Rome and the control over subjugated nations that you see throughout the Gospels with the Roman soldiers marching through the streets of Jerusalem, the people in fear, the people in poverty, and Rome being smart enough to know to keep records on them, to register and number them, is historical. 
When you think of control of governmental organization and pragmatism and control, you think of Rome. Now you fast forward to the last days, and remember we saw how because of Israel's sin, God hands them over to Satan, and Satan incites David, right? How God will hand the people over. Well, fast forward to the last days, and in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9, it speaks about one that we know as the Antichrist. It says, the coming of the lawless one, this Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. They did not receive, the population at that time does not receive the love of the truth, the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And so they have this powerful deception. Verse 11, and for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. Now, we know the Antichrist is of Satan, and Satan propagates this deception. He's doing it to control the world. But because the people love deception, God, and they will not be saved, God, for this reason, sends them strong delusion. He hands them over to Satan. And those who are not believers in the last days... And the deception will be so good that Jesus said, even the elect would fall for it, except that obviously he tells us beforehand that he prevents it. God allows, he sends this delusion, this strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. He hands them over to their heart's desire so that even their common sense won't stop them and say, hey, wait, we don't want to get in trouble. They do what they want. They believe what they want. He sends them the delusion. He hands them over to Satan that they may receive the punishment. In Revelation chapter 13, and that control we spoke about with Rome, and we know the Antichrist kingdom comes out of a Roman empire. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns, and on his head a blasphemous name. And it goes on to describe this beast. And it says in verse 4, So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? He's very powerful, this Antichrist. And then down in um, verse 11, we read about this false prophet. And I saw another beast coming out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. And then it says in verse 15, he was granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. So there's total allegiance required. Like they had to give total allegiance to Caesar and call Caesar God. Total allegiance will be required of this Antichrist. Now look at this in verse 16. He causes all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave to receive a mark on their right hand or on their foreheads 
and that no one may buy or sell except one has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man. His number is 666. You know, the rest in God is Sabbath seven. We work six days and then we trust in God seven. Well, this is trust in man. Trust in man's power. Trust in man's numbering. Six, six, six. Number the people. Organize the people. Constrain the people. Mark them. Register them. Put them in the computers so that they can't buy and they can't sell otherwise. Now, that would seem very strange back in the day of John when this was written. How do you get all the people? How can you limit them buying and selling without a mark? Well, what I spoke about at the end of last week's sermon with those chips that can tell when you walk in a store what you want, what your purchasing patterns are, who you are, all your history, and how in that TV program they cried out, can you imagine if you could put that chip on the body? You won't need the watch, the IBM watch. We can see how it's possible to compute, to calculate, to register. The whole world, the whole world is not, not just a civilized world around Rome, that they cannot buy or sell without the mark of the beast. He will be the ultimate numberer, the ultimate census taker to control and manipulate the population to give him worship. The ultimate part in giving glory to man, not glory to God. For to men, numbers are power. And that's so clearly seen in this information age and this computing age and the possibility of Big Brother. Let's go back to 2 Samuel chapter 24. It says in verse 4, Nevertheless, the king's word prevailed against Joab and against the captains of the army. Therefore, Joab and the captains of the army went out from the presence of the king to count the people of Israel. So we read the same thing as we read in First Chronicles, but now we read that even the captains disagree with David. And there's a caution to those in leadership again, that everyone needs wise counsel to be careful when rejecting the advice of those under your authority obviously you should reject it when they directly oppose god but here the captives in joab are in agreement with the pentateuch they have the word of god on their side but david's heart is set on this thing be careful be cautious when you reject the advice of those who are under you in authority in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 5, it says, A wise man will hear and increase learning. A wise man doesn't close his ears and think everything he says is right. A man of understanding will attain wise counsel. In Proverbs 24 and 6, it says, For by wise counsel you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, a multitude of counselors, there is safety. The danger of absolute power in a human being, and all humans are sinful, even David, the dangers are seen here. That no matter what's told to him, he can say, do it, and it has to be done. And then you read in verse 5, And they crossed over the Jordan and camped in Aroah, on the right side of the town, which is in the midst of the ravine of Gad and toward Jazia. So they cross over the Jordan to the Transjordan, and they number the tribes on the Transjordan side. 
Then they came to Gilead in the land of Tehatim Hachi. And they came to Dan. Now they go all the way up on the Transjordan side and they come around to Dan. Jay and around to Sidon. They go up into Sidon in the north. And they came to the stronghold of Tyre and to all the cities of the Hivites and the Canaanites. And they went south. They went out to south Judah as far as Beersheba. They went out to south Judah as far as Beersheba. So they come all the way north to Tyre and Sidon on the left side, the west side of the Jordan now, and they come all the way down and number the people throughout Israel, going all the way down to southern Judah and Beersheba. So when they had gone through all the land, they came to Jerusalem at the end of nine months and 20 days. So it takes almost 10 months to number the people. Then Joab gave the sum of the number of the people to the king, and there were in Israel 800,000 valiant men who drew the sword, and the men of Judah were 500,000 men. And someone might notice right away there's a difference in the numbers from First Chronicles. It would be encouraging to hear from our listeners. We value your comments, and it is always a blessing to hear from our radio family, to know if the programs have helped you with your walk with the Lord. All correspondence and donations should be sent to Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle, Post Office Box 518, Branford, Connecticut, 06405. And if you will be in the Madison, Connecticut area, please join us for Sunday service. Shear Jashub Christian Tabernacle meets every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane. The exit off I-95 is 61. Please join us next time for Shear Jashub.